Welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate. I'm your host, Paloma Lins, and I am really excited about today's episode. When I chose today's guest, I did so right after returning from a recent trip to El Paso, Texas, one of my favorite cities in Texas. Growing up in Houston, surrounded by trees, buildings, freeways, and bayous, I was always fascinated by the idea of the desert. Mountains, cactus, endless sunshine, and no rain? Sign me up. When I met my best friend Marcy while undergrads at the University of Texas at Austin, and she told me she was from El Paso, I was fascinated. And once I finally visited El Paso, I was blown away by not only those scenic views and endless skies, but the fact that you couldn't really tell where El Paso ended and Ciudad Juarez began. People on both sides of the US and Mexico border traveled back and forth between the sister cities daily, blurring the lines between countries and culture. You might be wondering what that has to do with today's guest. Well, Chelsea Evaldi is the owner of Chuco Relic, a souvenir shop based in El Paso with three locations. Chuco Relic sells shirts, stickers, coffee mugs, magnets, all featuring art created by local El Paso artists. The shop celebrates the unique culture of El Paso and its geographical place in our country, and I wanted to know how it came to be. So get comfortable or settle into your drive or whatever it is you may be doing, and let's jump into today's episode. My name is Nicole Moreno-Dinser, and welcome to Epifiana Presents Relate and Elevate. It's a podcast where Latinx and Latina entrepreneurs share their stories. We here at Epifiana believe there is no right way to be Latinx or Latina. So immerse yourself in our culture, and thank you. Chelsea, thanks again for joining me this morning. I'm really excited to be chatting with you today. Um, Will you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, I am Chelsea Valdi. I am from El Paso, Texas, and I own a store called Chuco Relic, where we sell locally made souvenirs. We have about 20 local artists that create the t-shirts, all the artwork, pillows, notebooks, uh, all done by local artists. Awesome. And I just, I have to say, I love that name, Chuco Relic. Like, when I, when I think of it, um, well, first, when I first heard of it, it's stuck in my head. I've never forgotten it since. Um, I, I think I heard of it before I ever visited El Paso. And then when I went and I, I went into the, the shop and um, I loved it. The people, I always have positive interactions with the people when I go to the stores. And they're always um, surprised to hear that I'm from Houston and I'm visiting El Paso and that I, that I love El Paso so much. <laughs> um, and I, I um, when I when I hear the words Chuco Relic, like it just evokes like all these images of like like old school like Mexican American badassery. <laughs> like that's what oh, I think that's I hear awesome. Chuco Relic. And I don't know what oh your intent gosh. was behind the name, but um, if you don't mind sharing um, the origin of that name. Yeah, it's so cool to hear you say that because 
when I was thinking of it, I wanted it to invoke that, but it felt so far fetched when I started at it, you know, when I started thinking of different names. So, um, I used, when I first, I purchased the store in, in 2014 and the original name was Mancho, which is penguin in French. And I didn't have, it didn't connect with me, but the, my friend that I purchased the business from, she had, you know, an association with that name. And so I had people coming in and being like, oh yeah, I wanted to send someone over to your store, but I couldn't remember the name. So right away that was like a problem, you know, I was like, okay, I need to change the name to where people remember Mm-hmm. what it's what what it's called and so I started thinking and thinking and I wanted it to be a CR name because my husband and my kids we all have CR initials so I'm Chelsea Valdi, and then my husband's name is Rivas I don't put it on my stuff but it you know I'm a part of it I'm a Rivas and so I wanted that CR initial in our business because that's like my oldest child and I started thinking and thinking of different names for El Paso and Chuco is one of them. But in 2014, Chuco was still considered a gangster word. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was like a cholo. It wasn't something that was cool. And so I kept thinking, but it's El Paso. If you're from El Paso and you hear El Chuco, it's this secret word that we know, you know, that we understand that we know that, oh yeah, you're from El Chuco. I'm from El Chuco too, you know? And so I was, I played with it for a bit and then I literally Googled synonyms for souvenirs and relic was one of them. And so I actually purchased the name in September and I didn't change it. And I was worried about it because of, of that word chuco thinking that people were going to think that it's more of a gangster place or of cholos and stuff like that, which is not, which is fine. You know, people have that brand, but that's not what my brand was. And so, uh, I started, then I asked friends, I go, what do y'all think? And I sent out this poll and they chose Chuko Relic. And I was like, okay, I mean, it is, it is written. So I went ahead with it and I went into it with the purpose of making Chuko, the word Chuko cool. So you wanted to associate with that word, like it has its history, but now we're, our generation is making it a cool thing. And, and so it, the word Chuco, it has two stories to it as to how it came about being connected to El Paso. Mm-hmm. One of them is that the Pachuco originated the Pachuco style, which is, I always tell people Roger Rabbit, like the loose suit, the chain. Um, it said that that originated in our area and Tintan, who was a Mexican actor, he made it famous. And so a lot of people think it comes from California because of the uh, Zoot Suit riots, but it said that it started in, in the Pachuco started in El Paso. And so from Pachuco, it was shortened to Chuco. That's one story. There's another story that there was a business called the Shoe Company, and it was right at the border. And a lot of people from Mexico, from Juarez, would work there or go there. And so when they would ask them, and it, you know, it said shoe co, like co like a company. And so people would say, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go to Chuco. And so that was also, that's another story of how maybe we got that nickname. But if either way, if you're from El Paso, you know that Chuco is a nickname for El Paso. And how cool. Cause I, I didn't know that. Um, and, and so when I heard Chuko Relic, like to me, I hear Chuko 
um, being from Houston, it evokes the same image of like chucos, like in the suits, the old school Mexican Americans. Um, there's um, a, um, like a Mexican American neighborhood barrio near where um, I live, where my grandma and um, my grandpa um, lived when they first moved to Houston. And so like, that's where that whole scene was. And so I hear that and I'm like, oh, that sounds like a cool place. Like, it's like, if you know the word, then you're kind of intrigued, like, oh, what is this place? And then to hear that El Paso is also known like as El Chuco, like that's, that's so cool to me. I love that. <laughs> what a cool story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool because we get people that come in and ask us about it. And so it gives us an opportunity to give some history about El, El Paso and to connect with our customers that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you also, uh, on the theme of names, really, like your name is cool too, Chelsea Evaldi. Like it, it's so unique. It rolls off the tongue. Like, can you tell me um, how you were named? Yeah. So it's a funny story. It, it's like, Okay, so my mom, I was the third child and kind of a surprise, like, oh gosh, I'm pregnant again. And so <clears throat> I think, I feel like she was like over it and she worked at a bank and she, they were like, hey, well, let's do like a Super Bowl break, like number thing. And whoever, whoever lands, uh, we're going to each pick a, we're going to each buy a square of the day and whoever, whatever day lands on that person gets to name your your child and she didn't know if I was gonna be a boy or girl and so she's like sure and so like it was like a oh fundraiser gosh. for her to have another child and thankfully the the lady I still know the lady that named me and thankfully she picked I mean a decent name but uh, for a long time I lived in Juarez and I really didn't like Chelsea because I couldn't connect to people like they were like Chelsea at, at the in back then it wasn't popular until Chelsea Clinton was a person like became famous then that's when people understood the name Chelsea but before that I would just honestly go by Ceci in Juarez because I, I would have to keep a like Chelsea Chelsea che oh, and I would be like Ceci like it was just too difficult for people to to say it you know um and so for a while I did not love Chelsea and so Evaldi but I love my middle name it's actually my middle name Evaldi um it my it used to be it was a eraldi originally that's something that my mom heard from the news and so my grandma's name is evangelina so she wanted to do a mix and so it was from eva evangelina evaldi so when i got married my husband again he's rivas and i was like i'm gonna do my name change da, 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 and i thought i told him well i'm gonna do it until my passport expires because that's that takes such a long time to do. And I don't want it to, I don't want to have a lapse in between and not have my passport. And so he was like, okay, my passport expired. And I was like, honestly, I don't want to change it. And I don't like my last name my, um, that my dad gave me because I don't have a connection with him and I don't want yours either. Like, I just want to have my own name. And I feel that. He was, <laughs> yeah. And he was, my husband is super supportive and he's like, yeah, well then go ahead and do Chelsea Evaldi and I was like okay I'm gonna stick with that because for a while I tried to make Evaldi my name like I'm no longer Chelsea I'm Evaldi and it just didn't stick and so now I, it's those two are my names you know it, it I didn't get a last name from anyone else there my name is is mine and so it's kind of this 
women empowerment at the same time. Like I don't, I'm doing it on my own. No, I, I mean, I'm, I am doing it on my own, but my husband helps me a lot. And so that's why the CR is still important for me with the Rivas initials. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel you on the name thing because when I got married, I, I didn't change my last name because the same, I was like, that's my name and I, I want to keep it. And I don't want to go through the hassle of changing everything. Yes. And my husband was like, like he's he's not from here he's from Angola and he's like we don't change names you know like that so that's your name keep it totally cool (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah it's great when we find men that are understanding that we want to keep our own identity or that we want to not have to make this huge change that they don't have to make and aren't being asked to change you know yeah yeah it's nice to have that support Um, so when I um went looking for you <laughs> on the internet so after I found yeah. you were I found you on Instagram and your uh, username is also badass Chukulchimona. <laughs> how did you come up with that so uh, that actually it, it evolved because I started off like uh I think I was just my name Chelsea Valdi, and then um I started, I started thinking about branding and what I wanted to be branded as. And, and so I start. I put like Chuko Chooks, you know, where I was changing it, trying to figure out what was right for me. And then my husband was like, you need to do Chuko Chingona. And I was like, no, that's too much. Like, that's, that's me saying like, I'm the most baddest of them all. And he's like, no, no. He's like, you should do it. You should do it. And then um, I started just again just sitting with it for a bit and once I decided to do it I was like it's not just me I'm not the only Chuko Chingona but I want to be able for people to any other Latina that's from Chuko to be able to say that they're a Chuko Chingona too that they are comfortable with saying it you know it's I'm and if they know me then they know that they're also a Chingona like it's easier to associate when you find someone that when you meet someone and you're like oh my gosh they're a person there's someone uh, that is doing what they're wanting to do I can do it too and I'm a chingona too you know so uh, it's just become a thing now where my husband's also a chico chingon and he's he'll greet people like hola chingon como estas and it's just to encourage others you know there's a lot of chico chingonas and I'm proud to be one of them <laughs> that's awesome yeah. um so you were were you born in El Paso or you right yeah so I was <laughs> I was born in El Paso but I grew up in Juarez mm-hmm. and uh, I lived in Juarez until I was 13 until I it was time for me to go to high school so we but I always came to school in El Paso so we would cross the bridge every day we would wake up at five in the morning wow and yeah, because sometimes the bridge was like two hours long. So we would have to be make sure we crossed by 730. So we could be in school in time by at eight o'clock. And so sometimes we were super early because there wasn't any bridge and before there wasn't the Linea Express. And so it was just for me, it was normal. It was normal to get in the car before the sun came out, go to sleep in the car. And this was before you had to wear a seatbelt. So we would just fall asleep in the back of the car yeah. and, um, and then, yeah, wake up and we would be eating our breakfast on the way over, combing our hair, getting ready in the car, uh, as we got to school because we had two hours to get to school. Wow. So 
you went to school in El Paso. So did your parents also work in El Paso? My mom. So my mom worked in El Paso. She worked at the school I went to and my dad worked in Juarez. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So she was, wow, that worked out great. (laughs) And you went to school and then y'all could leave. So my mom is the original chingona. She's the one that makes things happen. Because we went to a private school, my sisters and I went to a private school, and honestly, I don't even know how she did it. I remember asking wow. her like how much she made, and I think she made like twenty four thousand. So I remember thinking like, okay, that's how much I need to make to survive in this world. And then I got my first job, and I was making that. And I was like, how did you do it? Like, how did you live off of twenty four thousand with three children and put us through private school? Wow! But she just made it work, and she worked there because she would get a discount, you know? So she, I don't know how much it was or, or what, but she made it work. And, and I'm still, I still don't get how she did it. No, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I I found interesting about El Paso. Like when I met my best friend, um, we went to school together in Austin at UT and, um, when I heard that she was from El Paso, I instantly, I was just like, oh my God, that's awesome. Because being from Houston, I'm surrounded by flatland. Um, it's the bayou city. There's bayous everywhere. It's always raining. And so the idea of like desert and mountains and cactus and like just open, like scenic views, I was captivated. Hadn't even been out there before. But <laughs> that's she awesome. told me about like how classmates lived in Juarez and then they would go to school in El Paso and just kind of back and forth. And I think a lot of people um don't realize like that's how El Paso works. Like it's 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 so close. I mean you're on what I-10 and you can see Mexico. Yes. You know, right over yeah. there. And they don't realize like it's just it's it it's just that's how it is there. Um, Mm -hmm. So what was that like growing up in the borderlands like that? You know, it was, of course, growing up, I thought it was normal. I thought it was normal to have to cross the bridge and see little kids selling chicles that were my age and see, um, you know, people on the bridge just selling and hustling and then crossing over. And then I went to a private school. And so there was like this affluence that I would see also. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's how it was. And I also thought everybody was Catholic because El Paso is <laughs> mainly Catholic. And, and it wasn't until I went to college that I didn't realize how unique my experience was growing up in a border town, in a border city, and that I got to experience living in Juarez and that culture of community and I knew my entire vecindad and they took care of me and then I would get and I could eat tacos and flautas at any corner that was available you know and I was (laughs) yes and I would be able to go to the tiendita and get my soda in my bag and that was all normal to me until I went to college and I realized oh, that isn't, that isn't how other people grow up, you know? And it was such a gift, honestly. It was such a gift to be able to see both sides of how the world works because mm-hmm. I saw from my private school uh, side of it of how some people were living. And I was low, it was funny because I was low income at my school, but in Juarez, I was middle income. So if I was in Juarez with my friends, I was considered a little more up, like 
up there. But if I was in school with my uh, school friends, then I was lower income. And so it was also, I remember not understanding that, you know, with and talking to my mom about it and her trying to explain like, well, because it's in different parts and, um, and now it gives me a bitter understanding of the world because I get the, um, the struggle and I get the lower income and I, but also it's so important to be able to see someone that is doing things that has opportunities because it gives you the chance to say, okay, well, I can do it too. You know, it, it, this person is in my class. That's something that I can do, you know, so playing sports or traveling or going to college. Thankfully, I had people around me that were doing it. So then if something that I could do, you know, because mm -hmm. people around me were doing it, but if maybe I didn't have that, I wouldn't have had the same opportunities or the same ideas that I do now. What a unique perspective to have. And then, so when, you went to college, you went to McMurray University, and where is that for our listeners? McMurray. Yeah, so McMurray is in Abilene, Texas, and I got, and that's a, a whole other experience, because I got, I got to uh, play soccer there, I got a scholarship there to play oh, wow. soccer, yeah, and so it was mainly uh, white people, and I had never experienced that either, like, I thought that, the, because when growing up we didn't travel so I I really thought that the world looked like El Paso and so when I got out of it I was like okay not everybody's Catholic not everybody's Mexican and it's different uh cultures the way that they even take care of each other or associate with each other and so um I I got to learn of how the world works with them and with soccer I got to travel a lot you know with uh, travel all over Texas and different places and so my world started getting smaller where I was like oh, oh my gosh I can travel outside of El Paso and I can travel outside of uh, Texas like the, these opportunities are available for me mm -hmm. and it was it was really cool to to be able to to get to know um, this other community and these other uh, people and they were it, it was it was cool Wow. And so you hadn't visited Abilene or the school before you, you got there, <laughs> I'm assuming. Or, we or we went, yeah, we went for one weekend. Mm -hmm. And so my friend and I went and my, so I, my, I have two older sisters and they, my mom was like, no, you cannot leave for college. And I was like, I'm leaving. And so my mom was like, well, <laughs> if you're going to go, you need to do everything yourself, like get your financial aid, get all of your stuff together. Cause I'm not going to help you and you figure it out so I was like all right like I will do it and I'm terca so if you tell me no it's like well then I am going to it's and so I, <laughs> yeah it's happening now like you should have said yes and I probably wouldn't have gone and so so yeah so I got everything together and my friend uh she also w got to go to McMurray for for soccer and so she was her so her dad was military so they were used to traveling and doing all that. So I ended up going with her and yeah, it was, I honestly feel like my, the whole time my eyes were like wide open. So we went to uh, the university, then we went to a house party and <laughs> I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then there was some tall buildings. So I thought, well, it's 
it's probably a big city. Like I just thought that I was like, well, there's some tall buildings. I'm sure it's a big city, not realizing it's super small. Um, but it really was, that was my experience before going. And then once I showed up, um, I honestly feel like my life has just worked out specific ways for it to work out towards me because I got there and I had my soccer coach and she just became my mom and my mentor. You know, she made sure that I was going to class, that we had, our grades were good and we were traveling so we couldn't get too crazy because, you know, when you're so sheltered and you, some lead to college and they get overly crazy, that would have been me if I didn't have soccer. Like I would have been like, ah! <laughs> um, yeah. And so she kind of kept me uh, grounded and she's the one that helped me pick my business degree and um, gave, put me in that path. So it was, it was really awesome to, to be, to go there and then have that mentor. That's cool. So like when you went, were you kind of undecided or did you just kind of kind of ask for help or? or what no, you- I actually went and I was like, okay, well, I'm good at sports. I'll just go for kinesiology. And I remember even writing it, like declaring my major kinesiology and misspelling it. And I was like, well, that's not a good sign, but <laughs> I don't even know how to spell what I want to do for the rest of my life. And and then, so my freshman year, that's what I was concentrating on, or that's what I had said I wanted to do. And then she talked to me, she's like, what, why are you going for that? And I was like, well, I want to be a coach. Like, I guess that's what I'm good at. I like sports. And she was like, no, you don't have to have a kinesiology degree to be a coach. She's like, do business or do something um, that will help you be more broad. And in the end, if you do decide to be a coach, you just get your certification. But I think that you would do well in business because at this point, she already had picked me to be captain of the team. And so um, she saw something in me. And and I, so I was like, okay, well, if she thinks that I would be good at that, then I'll do it. And then I, I did like them. I liked the classes and I loved how challenging it was. But even during, biz, during this business classes, I never thought I'm going to own a business. Like that never came across my mind. And I remember, I remember the teacher, I remember the day like it's vivid in my mind where when the teacher said um, 80% of businesses fail within their, the first three years. And I thought, why would anyone open a business? Like 80% that's telling you that it's not going to work. Why would anyone do it? And I really didn't get it. And I remember thinking that like, I would never do that. That sounds dumb. And so uh, (laughs) for me to be here, (laughs) and having a business is like I want to make sure that other people that do hear that statistic don't associate it with themselves or don't think like oh well I'm going to be one of them because it's different you know it's it's you are capable everyone is capable of doing it if they have the passion for it yeah and then I would I would think it, it also sometimes has to do with like outside forces too. It's not necessarily like to your fault that it didn't, you know, work out. Right. That just wasn't the right one for you either. Yes. So, but that was practice. Of, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's kind of a, it is a daunting statistic to hear. Yes. <laughs> um. So let's see, you were living in Abilene for, college and then where did you go next so when 
I did my four years of college in, in Abilene and I finished my soccer time. Uh, and then my last semester, my um, counselor, he, he tells me, you know what, you actually need 15 more hours of electives and you can't graduate until you do it. And I was like, what? So you're telling me I have to stay another semester. And I really, at this point, was over it. You know, you're a senior, you've done the work. I don't want to be in Abilene anymore. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, to be, do, go to the next step. And I was thinking I was ready for it. Like you already in my head, I was like, I'm, I'm in my last semester. And so when he tells me this, I'm like, I can't stay here. I can't stay in Abilene. I need to do something else. And one of my friends from high school, she had done a study abroad program. And I was like, well, can I do that? Can I study abroad? And she's like, he was like, we don't have a study abroad program here because Abilene is a really small Christian school. And so he was like, but if you find a program and we approve of it, then I'll let you'll, you can do it. And I was like, okay, well, what do I, how do I do that? Like, how do I find a program that you'll accept? And he's like, well, go to the admissions office and talk to them. So I go and they give me like a book of of different schools that they might accept and I'm like it just oh felt gosh, like that's daunting they're pretty that's telling me, <laughs> you know when your parent tells you maybe and it's so actually no that's what it felt like like I'm like they're just telling me this to not say that they can't but that they won't and so again if, uh, if you tell me no it's gonna be yes I am gonna find the yes here so <laughs> yes um, and my, the good thing is my counselor, he, the, that it's such a small school. Like I was able to have a good connection with him and he knew that I was an athlete and I was, uh, one of the few athletes that had to work. So I worked, uh, at Olive Garden at, uh, I went to school 15 hours and then I still played sports. So he knew that I worked hard, you know, that for what I, what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so I told him, okay, well, I found these five schools, which one do you think would work? And then, so he sat with me and called the schools to make sure their accreditation. And then finally we found one. Wow. And yeah. And so we, I found one uh, in Spain and he was like, okay, well, let's see if your financial aid will they'll allow you to do it and and it all worked out and it did they were my financial aid was allowed to pay for my year abroad so I got to go to Spain and travel and study for three months in Madrid and doing that was it changed my life because I really thought when I went to Madrid that I was going to be like outer space like something I've never seen before Mm -hmm. and I got there and it felt like Juarez people talking outside, a lot of noise, a lot of cars. And I was like, I've, I've been here before. Like, this is crazy. I, and if it made me feel like I am able to explore the world, it's not this crazy place that is not attainable to me. Mm -hmm. And actually that's where I decided, or that's where I was falling in love more with El Paso because while I was traveling I was trying to also find a sense of community and it was really hard for me to like find um, people to connect with, you know? And so it made me miss El Paso where I would go to the grocery store and find a friend or um, see someone I knew or, Mm -hmm. you know, and where before it was something that I didn't like that I was missing. I was missing during that time. Like, I just want to see a familiar face and, Mm -hmm. um, and I would see that, 
the they had their communities, you know, Ireland and the European community, they had their their own community. I wanted to be a part of that again. Mm-hmm. And I just and I, when I would have the opportunity to talk to them about El Paso, like it would make me fall in love with it. Like, oh yes, we have these mountains and just the way you described it, like just how beautiful it is and the the sense of community and how everybody is just so nice. And if I have a flat and it's happened that I get one time I ran out of gas and this guy literally stopped, went to go get gas for me and then brought it. And he was just so nice. Like I never feel alone here. There's all, there's just people always, we're always taking care of each other. And while traveling, I wanted to come back to El Paso and make sure everybody knew like, that El Paso is just such a great place like you just don't know it because at first it was like I had to convince El Paso that El Paso was cool because people from Houston (laughs) like you that come you see it you see our uniqueness but (laughs) it was convincing El Pasoans of how great we are and and that that's how the the idea got planted in me that I wanted to come out come back and somehow promote El Paso so others knew how cool it was. That's awesome. So when did you move back to El Paso? So I moved back in 2011. Okay. <clears throat> I was gone for, for 10 years. And, wow. and yeah, and I moved back and I always thought that I wasn't going to. Um, El Pasoans have a weird relationship with El Paso. Like we are like oh it's the worst place but then as soon as you leave you just realize it's the most amazing place and so when I moved back I just had this fire in me and I I started working with Visit El Paso which is a tourism uh well not to they advertise El Paso to people around everywhere and Mm -hmm. my job was to advertise it within 300 miles and so I would travel just in little cities around here and um that was perfect because that's what I wanted to do. But then I um, met my husband, we got pregnant and it, it was hard, harder for me to ha- work, do the work-life uh, balance because my son was preemie and he just needed me more. And I would travel um, quite often with my work and I would just stay late to do um, normal work stuff. And so uh, my husband was already thinking like we should start a business but you know I think everybody thinks that at some point like I should start a business because you get tired of working for the man and so it just was was an idea um, and then sorry I don't know if I'm like fast forwarding past questions or no, uh, okay and then um, so he we I had a friend that I worked with at Visit El Paso and she was she had started her Mancho business and I thought that was so cool that I knew someone that owned a store. I thought she was so cool. Like, wow, she opened her own business and she has, um, she works here too. And, mm-hmm. and so when she ended up wanting to sell it, it, it was very, it was crazy because we, my husband and I had gone to eat and she was there too. And it was this table, a community table. Like we could have sat in different places, but the only places available were next to them. And so we sat next to them. So we were talking and then she mentioned like, oh yeah, I'm planning to sell the business. And then she, when she left, my husband was like, we should buy it. And I was like, you're crazy. We're not going <laughs> to buy her business. And he was like, we should, you would be so good at it. Come on, it, it, we should try it. And then you could take our son to work and you'll have more time with him because you'll be able to um, have him and build the business and I was just like no 
well, then my friend tells me that she sold it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, Carlos had actually said that we should buy it from you. And he's, she was like, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, no, it's just such a crazy idea. And she's like, well, I would have given it to you for a good prize. And I was like, oh, well. And then she comes back to me like two weeks later and she's like, hey, the deal didn't go through do you want oh, wow. to get it yes and I was like <laughs> oh my gosh like now I really you know now I really have to decide and so I told Carlos about it and he was like again he was just like yes let's do it let's do it and we had saved some money up and he was like yeah I'm like I want to do it I think that you would be good at it I know that you'll be great at it let's do it and so that's how we ended up purchasing it and she had when she had her store it was like a Spencer's or Hot Top, where it had like really fun stuff um, okay. that, you know, like yeah. Fred and Friends and stuff like that. And so when I purchased it, I had to figure out how it was going to be mine. And I've always loved going to markets. Like, and that started in Europe because they have markets all over the place all the time. And so, and I feel like markets, when you travel and you go to markets, you really get to get to know what the community is about because you're seeing their artwork and you're seeing what they're creating and you get to talk to the artists. So yeah. I love going to markets. And so I thought, well, what if I go to the markets and ask them if they want to sell their stuff in my store? And it felt a bit crazy, but I was like, well, let's see, let's see um, if they're willing to do it. And so I went and luckily the where our store was the market the farmer's market was in that same block oh so cool. yeah like honestly sometimes I'm like it, my life is like <laughs> it feels random but then I think back and I'm like it was meant to be like I because I would be like my store's right there like I could point to it and some didn't some artists would say no because they didn't know me they didn't know my business they didn't you know I understand that those the artwork is their babies and they would say no. Um, and some said yes. And so the ones that said yes, well, then I felt like, okay, I have to do the best for them to promote their artwork, to put their artwork out there. And uh, yeah, it just started evolving from there. Then other artists would tell, oh yeah, I'm selling my stuff there at Manshot. And, and then what I would do is I would go to markets too. So I would, for the first year, I was going to markets um, so I had my brick and mortar and I would go to markets as well to put, get my name out there because I didn't, we didn't have money to do marketing. And so that was the cheapest way to do it was for me to be out there yeah, telling people about the business, you know, and it really does make a difference to like be out there yourself and putting your face yes. to the brand and people remember you, the name, how like easy it was to connect with you. I mean, yeah. Um, and, yeah. And you also get to hear about the, you also get to talk to the customer and what they want, you know? So if they're telling you, yeah, right? we, oh my gosh, it'd be so cool to have this shirt or it's it'd be so cool to do this. And then, and it gives you ideas of what, what your community wants to see. That's cool. So like going into it, you, so your husband was like, we should buy her store and then you buy it. And then you're trying to figure out how to make it your own. And then, but you also had this, like desire to promote El Paso to El Paso, right? And like, like yes. Chuco Pride, you know. And then uh -huh. connecting with local artists. Um, so, can you share some of the obstacles like you ran into when you're building Chuco Relic? 
into what it is today? Yeah, well, I mean, just starting telling people that I'm gonna make a, have a souvenir store in El Paso. People were like, who visits El Paso and who wants a souvenir from I there? do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, Paloma is out there and she needs this. I mean, I, I knew that there was people out there because uh, I was out there and I wanted to come home and get stuff from El Paso and take it with me. And there was the only place to go to was Walgreens and Walmart. And I would have tourists that would visit, you know, when I worked at Visit El Paso asking for souvenirs unique souvenirs and we would have to send them to Walgreens or Walmart like they're and I was like oh like Mm -hmm. if you're not here on Saturday you can't get it from this artist because they only do it at the farmer's market you know so I knew that there was something there how big I wasn't sure and so for a while it did build some doubt in me like I am building a souvenir store and not this super touristy town but for me, I, I knew that it, it's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to promote El Paso. I came back with that mission when I came back from Europe. It's something that I wanted to do, and I was going to do it. And so um, that was part of it. And then after that, I mean, I have, my, I have two kids, and that's been difficult, trying to navigate being a mom and a business owner and mm-hmm. a wife um, and being good at all of them. That has been something that I've been learning how to balance and I get good at different things individually so sometimes I'm like an awesome mom and maybe not the best business owner and sometimes I'm a really great business owner and I have have things going on perfectly but maybe I'm not being the best wife and so learning how to balance those three has been uh, a learning experience which I'm still trying to figure out and I don't think I'm ever going to figure out But as long as I, I just tell myself, as long as I keep trying, that's the best I could do, you know? And uh, then we had COVID. I opened, I had my one location. And then in 2018, COVID was 2019, right? It was so, it's such a blur. It was 2020. (laughs) Okay. So 2019, I opened two stores, like in that same year. I opened one in July and then I opened one in October. And then COVID happened. And I really felt like that was dumb. I should not have done that. Open two stores. But of course, I didn't know COVID was oh, going to no. happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so thankfully, I had really great landlords and I had a really great team. And mm-hmm. I didn't have any debt on my business that I was able to, to survive it. Mm-hmm. And, and I had, we have such amazing customers that they were purchasing from us. For people that didn't even live in El Paso, like I'm just buying them their birthday gift from you because I need you to stay open. So I'm supporting <laughs> your business to make sure that you have enough, you know, to to stay uh, past all of this. And so it was really awesome. Um, and there's just been, you know, we also opened our own warehouse. We so we have our three locations, and we just we oh, worked awesome. to also manufacture uh, our own products. So we create our own T-shirts, our own mugs shot glasses, all of that. And that has been a learning experience because I love the retail part of it. And now I'm having to learn a different part of the Mm -hmm. business. And it's like another business, you know? And even though I know that it's, well, obviously it's the best for the business. Sometimes it's just so overwhelming and learning how to bring it all back. Like, okay, I, it is a lot, but 
creating systems? How can I be, my thing is always like, how can we both be more efficient? And whatever <laughs> answer that is, is like the way I'm, I'm going about it. Wow. So that's, that's so, so many moving parts to it, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It is a lot of moving parts. And, and you've been to my store and you've witnessed how great my team is they are just an amazing team mm -hmm. and so that has helped me be successful is that I have been lucky to hire some really great people um Andy who has been with me since 2014 2015 so he's been with me almost since the very beginning mm -hmm. and he's helped me and he's you know believes in the brand and that has helped a lot to have someone that is has stuck with me through it all and and believes in what I'm trying to do mm -hmm. because it helps the wheel keep moving. That's cool. That's so awesome. Um, so what what motivates you to to keep moving forward, to keep trying new things, to keep going? Well, a lot of things. I mean, uh, again, like how I mentioned, like if you tell me no, then I that I'm gonna do it. So sometimes <laughs> when I hear people say like she can't do that, or you know she can't own three stores and have kids well let me show you and so um sometimes it's that part of like wanting to to do more than what is expected but also having my kids now which is uh I want to show them that they're capable of it that they're capable of doing big things and great things and that the, right now they're thinking they already have it in their mind that they can be business owners where I never thought that I was going to be able to be a business owner but for them it's easy for them it's something that they can do because their mom does it so um and then just having my team and also just knowing that I'm always searching for a Latina that is um that started you know really from scratch from zero and that created their own brand and that is is uh making out there in the world and there's not that many and so I want to be there for other little girls that were like me when they hear that statistic that they think well yeah but then there's that girl that owns Chico Relic and she's doing it right. she was able to do it it's so important you know representation is so important and so if I can be that for somebody else then that's huge for me and that motivates me like it's not just about me it's not just me doing this it's it's bigger. It's for my community and it's for, and, the, and there's been other the artists that I've had that they've seen that I'm able to do it and they open their own store. And that's awesome, you know, because then you saw that you, that I was able to do it and I have kids and they're doing it too, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that pushes me too. That's awesome. Um, how old are your children? 10 and seven. Okay. And do they, so I remember you mentioning your husband saying like, you can take our son to the store with you and work. Like, how did that work out? Yeah. <laughs> it's years? so funny. Cause I think back, like, I'm like, you would think that it would be so much easier to like own a business and have a kid, you know, and like, you'll have so much time, but you know, <laughs> it's again, like it's worked out for me where the first year was really slow for me. So when I, my son was already two when I opened the, when I, when we purchased the business. So that first year I, I did spend a lot of time with him because we sometimes wouldn't get, wouldn't get any customers in the store. Mm -hmm. It was so dead. It was, 
where I was like wondering if I had made the right decision, but I was spending that time with him because I would bring him to work. And um, we grew up, we grew the store together. We uh, were developing all of it together. So I would feed him there. Our, our hours were 10 to six. So sometimes I would feel like I wasted a day, but I'm like, well, I had my son with me. So mm-hmm. it's not like I, I wasted it completely, even though I wouldn't get any sales. And then um, when I had my daughter, I had my daughter in 2015, I really thought I was like superhuman and thought I can do two and a business. And, uh, but thankfully by that age, my son was already starting school, but I remember I had my daughter and in three, in two months already, I was already back at the store and I was wearing her. So she was like three months and I was just wearing her at the store and, and helping customers. But I remember I would think like, oh my gosh, I hope she doesn't have this blowout. And what will I do? Yeah. And I, it's almost like I manifested it because it happened. And like, I was wearing her and everything was brown. And I was like, and I was a busy day too. And I, you know, I, I don't, sometimes I didn't have customers. So I was like, oh my gosh. And I ended up telling a customer like, can you please just wait? Like I have to. And they're like, that's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Go, go, go. And I had this customer that was a regular and she came in and she ended up helping the other people like, oh, this is this and this is that. And, and she's become a friend now, but it happened. I was like, okay, it happened. I survived. Yeah, it was okay. okay. (laughs) It's okay. Nobody was upset. Everybody understood. And, and we'll be okay. And so from there, it, it, it was regular. I have customers that come in and they see my daughter and they're like, oh my gosh, I remember seeing her when she was tiny, when she was little. And I was like, yep, like she's now she's seven. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what would you say your experience has been like as a Latina business owner, you know, do you feel like it's helped you um, succeed in reaching your professional or like personal goals? Like all of that experience you bring from growing up in Juarez, crossing the border daily to go to school, then living in Abilene and then traveling through Europe. Like, what do you think that has done for you as a business owner? You know, so I think that what it has helped me is like when what other people see hard, I just see as something that I need to do because I, I've seen all parts, you know, like how I was telling you, like growing up and crossing the border and seeing kids my age selling gum and things like that. And I, and my mom would be like, well, that's what they have to do to, to help their family, you know? And certain things that you in college that I was working and doing my sports and I would get professors that would ask me, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, it's, it's something I have to do. Like, I don't have the privilege to not do it. Like, it's not something that I'm choosing to, to do to myself. Like I have to work Mm -hmm. and, um, to have money to survive during school. And so it has helped me. And, And my mom is like that. Like she just, is puts her head down and gets the job done, you know? And so just seeing that my grandma's a first generation um, U.S. citizen. And so her experiences, her telling me, yeah, like, yeah, I had to walk from downtown Juarez all the way to my job, my factory job. Um, 
over like four miles away. And I'm like, every day you would walk four miles, you know, it's something she had to do. I feel like I've been brought up with that. And sometimes I talk to people and, and they tell me their experiences and for them, it, it's, it's hard. And so it's, they don't do it. And for me, it's like, well, it's just something I have to do. You know, it's that, um, I ha I can do it, so I'm going to do it. And there's really no excuse for me not to do it. Uh, that has, it's, it's shaped me. It's shaped me just all of my environment, all of the experiences that I've had that have showed me that if it's something that I want to do, like I, it takes work. Mm -hmm. And if, if I'm able to, um, to do the work, if I have the means to put in all the work, then, then I'm going to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, have you been able, like, in addition to reaching out to, like, local artists and, and, like, starting at the local markets, have you been able to connect with the community in other ways? Yeah, so we have, uh, that's really big for me is, is making sure that I'm supporting also my community because they're supporting me. So we actually have a Chupo Gives Back t-shirts that we, we do. And we have uh, like the one that I'm wearing, ni de aquí, ni de allá. Mm -hmm. We give to uh, donate 15% to Fronteriza Fund. Actually, the one that you're wearing, uh, we donate to the El Paso Children's Center. We actually just donated $600 oh, awesome. to them. Um, we donate 15% of all profits back to different nonprofits in the community. And before it was nonprofits that we would choose that were, were important to us. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we did... Uh, like a March Madness kind of um, layout. And we had our followers and our customers choose who they wanted us to pick. And so right now we work with eight different local nonprofits where we give back to the community and uh, make sure that, you know, things that are important for us are being funded and that are, are being, uh, that are surviving in our community. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, something else that just occurred to me, you were in, in one of your answers, um, you, when you came up with that Instagram handle, Chuko Chigona, it's kind of like, you know, uh, just like a, like a badass woman doing awesome things. Like, do you, have you been able to connect with like other Chigonas, you know, and, and kind of build like a network in any way or anything like that? Yeah, well, there's there's different networks here in El Paso. Like we actually have uh, Mika, yes you can, and we donate. We have their T-shirt and we donate back to them. And they're uh, uh, chingonas that run that, and they are empowering other uh, girls in our community, other women in our community. And then there's another organization that I participate in called Chica Chat. And so I make sure that I'm a part of that and that I get to listen to other local chingonas and what they're doing in in their um in their jobs and their businesses and I'm also part of a mastermind called product boss and it's not just Latinas or females it's just business owners but also just listening to them like their experiences and what they're going through and how they're building their business it's so important you know that to have that sense of community and to see other people other females doing the hard work and, and being successful at it and knowing that I, I have the same opportunity or that I'm able to, if someone else is doing it, then I can do it too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, do you have any advice for anyone interested in like pursuing, you know, a business venture or idea 
at all like yes you know I think I believe that everybody has an idea of of what they're good at and what they what they bring into this world what you can present to the world like you know your strengths and your weaknesses and I feel like the world presents opportunities to you and sometimes you feel like maybe it's not the best time or it's not the right time or um sometimes we go for the low-hanging fruit and go for like the easier part or what gives us more money but if you know if you know that you should be creating jewelry or whatever your passion is make it a side hustle and and do it as something that you do for fun and do markets and do the small stuff and then from there make it small within you because sometimes I feel like we overwhelm ourselves with the bigger idea of like okay I am good at this I want to be this and and just the bigger part of it overwhelms you I always think of making things a smaller step make it make it something that you can do Mm -hmm. first go register your business with the court start there and you can say I am a business owner I just registered my business maybe you haven't done anything but you're a business owner you registered it and you taken the first step and you can become you can sit in that and know that you're a business owner and then start with the next step open that Instagram page make it into small steps you're not in a timeline you know just be okay with the small steps and trusting the journey and that the world will take care of you I'm very big on that like if you're putting good out in the world it's going to take care of you and if it's meant for you it's going to work out trust in that just sit in that and when you're making each step and it's scary saying that if it's meant for me it's going to work out and then take that step forward and sometimes you're going to take five steps forward and maybe one back but that's four steps forward and that's that's good you know and because for me, when I was, uh, I just wanted, my goal was to just have one successful business, one successful store. That was my thing. Like just, I just want one where I have people that come in every day. That was a goal. Like, I don't want to have one day where no one comes in. I want someone to come in every day, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) and it was so small and so almost felt silly. Like I just want people to come in every day. And then it happened. I'm like, Oh my God, it happened. Okay, well, now I want to have a different store. I have a, want to have another store, you know? And so, like, once I com- completed that part, then being open to have uh, other opportunities. And a lot of the times, the opportunities present themselves. Like, the world is just so generous that it, it's like, here you go. Didn't you say you want this? And then you're having to decide, like, wait, do I? Do I want it? I'm so scared. I don't know that I want it now. Yes. And it's being able to say, I do. I wanted it. I'm going to take this, this leap because obviously it's meant for me. Cause I, I know I, it brings to mind this saying, um, if it's, if it scares you, then it's probably something worth having, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's big and it's exciting, but I'm scared. Like, what if I fail? What if I don't do it right? What if I, you know, come off silly or something, but it's something. Yes. You want, so you, you won't and know. It, and it goes Exactly. And it goes based kind of on what we were talking about before about that percentage and that statistic is like, maybe that first business is your practice and you learn so much from it. You will just learn so much from it. And you know, something that I, I realized is when I hyper-focus on something just for six months, like I, sometimes I tell myself, I'm just going to focus on this for six months. And if it doesn't work out, then it's not going to work out. 
but I'm just going to give it a good solid. And sometimes it's three months because I feel like I can only give this three months to see if it's going to work out or not. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but I always come out of things like, did I give it 110? Mm -hmm. And if I did, then I can walk away from it knowing that I really tried to make this work out and it didn't, but it wasn't me. It was because it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to end up working out, you know, but at least I tried. And so just telling yourself, I'm going to give it this much time of, uh, I'm going to give myself this much of it for this long. And if it doesn't work out, then I can walk away. Cause I had the idea, I tried it and it didn't work out, but it might, it might work out, you mm. know? Yeah. But, and I'm yeah, sorry. As I've no, talked no, no. to business owners and entrepreneurs, and that's kind of like a, a theme that comes up is, you know, you, you try things and if they don't work, you don't, you don't take it personally. You don't take it as like a personal failure. It's like, okay, well, well, what exactly didn't work? What didn't make it work? Maybe if I try something different or, you know, you've got to pivot and that really comes with life, right? Like things happen in life and they don't go the way you think, but sometimes you just got to adjust, adjust course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and then it's not like it, you might just have to do a, 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 what do you call it? A scenic route, but you still get to the same the same place and maybe the scenic route is to teach you something that you're gonna need for the future you know yeah yeah that's awesome I like that the scenic route <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so are there any um like upcoming projects or what's what's coming up for Chuko Relic so right now I we we just purchased a, a place for our warehouse so we just did this this year and that was huge for us because I had always wanted to own something for Chico Relic. Like I wanted to own either the store building or, you know, and so finally we were able to buy a place for where we create our t-shirts and where we have our product. So right now we are creating the systems for that to make sure that it all works correctly. Mm -hmm. um, like I told you before, I never thought that I would go, I would have three stores and then I never thought that I would be the one to be able to have the means to be able to create the product as well and so right now I'm really just perfecting it I'm really building a good foundation to make sure that when an opportunity arises I'm ready because I want to make sure that I have everything prepared for the next step because I, I really I don't know what the next step is going to be I have so many ideas so much of what I want to build for Chico Relic and what I want to see for a for uh, the business, but it's little things here and there that I'm poking at, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to make sure that this is a solid business that whenever that opportunity arises, I'm ready for it. And that I can say, okay, I can, I built, I created this part. It's running well without me. And I can go and pursue this, this part of the business now. That's cool. So where did the idea come from to start manufacturing? Was that, did that just feel like the next step or were you just kind of, was it like in your head and just kind of sitting there and like, how can I do this? Yeah. Well, um, artists are amazing, amazing people, but sometimes they don't love deadlines. And so it was getting hard. <laughs> yeah. It was getting hard to have, you know, a, that I was building a business, but it was sometimes I wasn't getting either t-shirts on time or product on time so I felt like I had to have more control of it I had to have more 
um, control of how I'm making the product to make sure that the stores are functioning because they wouldn't care if I told them, oh, it's because the artist didn't drop the shirt off in time or we, the artist is still working on them. They're two weeks behind. I didn't want to create excuses for anyone and, and then have the customer hear the excuse, you know? Mm-hmm. So I started thinking like, we need to take control of this. I cannot, we cannot be successful if we don't have the products that people need. And so I started toying with that idea and thinking, well, I can purchase the artwork from them. I'm still supporting them. But now at this point, I'm creating it. I have control of it. And, and so that's what we did. We started, uh, we started with the screen printer, uh, purchasing artwork. And then now I have some, an artist in-house. And so we come up with ideas. And sometimes we have people that want to uh, sell us our artwork. And we've done that as well. Um, but now we have, it, we have a bit more control of it to be able to have this, the store stocked with what the, what people want. Wow. That's so exciting. So it went from like, I'm having a problem. I need a solution. And now you have a, a like your own manufacturing set up and in-house. It audience. is, like, it is so is crazy. Awesome. It is. I can't, sometimes I honestly stop and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm I really am living my dream. And sometimes it's, it really blows my own mind because I didn't think that I would get here. I didn't think that I would get this far, but I, again, like the, for some reason, the world has been wanting me to be able to continue to succeed. And I'm really big on, you know, if I want something, I need to give it. So donating to the community, helping my community, giving back to my community, because they're going to keep showing up for me. So it's this continuous thing that if I want to continue to grow, I need to continue keep showing up for for the people that are going to help me grow. No, for sure. I mean, I told you I'm a public librarian. We, you know, we're all about community. How can we give back? How can we connect? And so when I hear business owners say that I'm like yes yes always support your community because they they're gonna tell their their friends who are visiting hey you go check out this place you know they're awesome and that's how you stay alive as a business yes Uh uh-huh exactly yeah and we want when people come to Chico Relic like to feel comfortable for it to be an experience for you for you to be able to share your experience of why you're coming to El Paso and hear your story and Mm -hmm. um and for you to, for the customer to tell us how we can do better, what they are wanting to see and have, it, we want it to be like, you're going to visit a, your cousin, you know, your tia, your tío, um, like you come in and, and we're, we're a big community that helps each other out. Yeah, that that's, that's so awesome because like to go back to kind of having that Chuco pride, like I know when I, I met people from El Paso, like at UT, um, they they were kind of hesitant or like, you know, quiet about it. And like, you know, me, I was like, oh, cool, El Paso, like, you know, that's the desert, mountains, like, that's exciting, you know, and and they they didn't really see the beauty of where they're from. And so whenever I go to El Paso and, you know, like I, I, I think I mentioned to you, I spoke to one of your staff, I, you know, I was telling them I was visiting and, and, um, and he was like, oh, okay, that's, you know, you're from Houston. Wow. Why are you in El Paso? I was like, because El Paso is awesome. <laughs> like, yes. I would like, even though I, you know, my best friend lives there, even now, if she didn't live there, I would still want to go visit El Paso just because the uh-huh. proximity to like everything and just the, it, it's awesome. And so like, you're, you're giving that back to your community too. 
that pride. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I and I think you know, we get older customers that come in and that they think like that they're like, why we didn't think that there would be a store like this or that says in Chuco or you know. And then they're they're the ones that are wearing like they come back to our store with our t-shirts and so proud and um just to be able to have something you know to that you own to say that this is where I'm from it makes a difference it makes a difference for some people to be able to wear it and and there's also been a shift in conversation there's been people that maybe the ones that you went to college with now they've come back and they've improved El Paso and they've they whatever they learned from that when they left they brought it back and they've enriched our community with that knowledge and so we are growing and um realizing just what a great place it is yeah a hundred percent so in addition to those three stores where can people buy your stuff online yes so we can you can buy it at chucorelic.com we ship um international we in that nationwide everywhere um and then we also we actually sell some of our stuff at whole foods as well in el paso Um, so you can uh, find some of our shirts at the whole foods as well oh that's so awesome all right and so um chucorelic.com and are y'all y'all are on instagram any other social media yeah instagram snapchat uh facebook we're we're on all of them uh we have our tiktok we have some really awesome uh team members that do great dances and that showing our product so you guys should follow us it's really it's really cool (laughs) that's so cool well chelsea it has been so awesome to talk to Thank you for listening to Epiphiana Presents Relate and Elevate. You can find us anywhere as Epiphiana Mag. That is E-P-I-F-A-N-I-M-A-G. And we can't wait to see you out there on the internet. Have yourself a wonderful day. Bye.